Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to our half-hour teaching sessions here. We're studying in the book of Romans. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson, and I'm excited that you found us on YouTube or however you're watching this, uh, whatever avenue the Lord has uh, made it possible for you to watch this video. Uh, these half-hour teaching sessions are done every Wednesday, uh, Monday morning and Wednesday morning, and we attempt to have them uploaded by lunch every Monday and Thursday on this Romans teaching. Uh, this week we'll be at youth camp at IYC in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So uh, Wednesday I won't be uploading any, but then we'll get by, right back with it next Monday. And uh, we're in chapter 2, and uh, this, is, this is part 3 uh, of our, our chapter 2 teaching. We had 23 or so, uh, and I'm, I'm sorry, we had uh, 21 or so sessions in chapter 1 alone. So make sure you avail yourself to uh, the other teachings. They're on my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. And what you'll find is in our teaching that just like Jesus always referred to the Word of God, Jesus always talked about what was written, and even when He wasn't, He was just giving a deeper revelation of what had been written, the fulfillment of what had already been written because He was the living Word of God. He never brought anything contrary to the Scriptures. It was always according to the Scriptures. And he, and he also said something very important that we need not ever to forget, and that's this, that the Scriptures are about Him. John 5 and 39, He told the religious leaders in His day, You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have life, but they are they which testify of me. They speak of me. That lets me know that before we see anything on the pages of God's Word in ink, we must look through the man, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, and it must be Jesus as the Lamb of God. We must look through the cross, His sacrificial work, onto the pages of the Bible, for there we will find the proper uh, definition, the proper revelation, the proper interpretation. All of God's words are in righteousness, Proverbs 8 and 8, and the only righteousness found is in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17, and Jesus being our Lord of righteousness. If you'll always remember that, you'll always be able to tell who's off track in their teaching and preaching. You'll, you'll always be able to uh, know if it's the Holy Spirit showing you something or not in the Word and revealing truth to you in the Word because uh, when truth is spoken, righteousness is portrayed. Proverbs twelve seventeen. It's a powerful scripture we need not ever forget. God is revealing so many things today to those who are hungry and have ears to hear uh, that would bring clarity to the scriptures. That's what He's doing today. He's bringing clarity to the scriptures. And it's only in righteousness. That means through Christ and His sacrificial work on the cross. For outside of that avenue, there's no salvation. <clears throat> there's no status of righteous in Christ. There's no status of being able to bear the fruits of righteousness. Without righteousness, we're off track. We may be just, born again, justified. But just like Peter in Galatians 2, we can remove ourselves from the path of the just if we don't keep our faith exclusively in what made us just. 
And that's exactly what you'll find when you read Galatians chapter 2. Paul had to stand and rebuke Peter because although Peter was justified by the blood, saved, filled with the Spirit of God, he removed himself from the path of the just. And Paul had to stand and rebuke him in love openly before everyone, face to face with Peter about justification. You read it on your own time in Galatians chapter 2. You'll find that. it's You and I today, fear can enter our hearts and we can be removed from grace. And the only other place to be is law. And so I encourage you to check that out. Today we're in chapter 2 of Romans. And we stopped, I believe, last week in verse 3. And so let's just start reading there today. And do you think, O oh man, that judges thee on which do such things, and you're doing the same, that you shall escape the judgment of God? Or, despise, or do you despise the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Now, we have to stop and say something about this for a minute to catch up from, from where we've been in this letter to the Roman, here it comes, the Roman church, already saved, spirit-filled, born again, people headed to heaven. That's what you must remember when you're reading the Bible. The context of it, who it was to then. It was, this was not to the law. The lost can't understand the word of God. The Bible says the natural man cannot understand the things of God, cannot discern them. But, but the children of God can discern the things. So this was written to born again, spirit-filled children of God. Don't forget that. It's very important you, you understand that as we go through this. He just gets through telling them uh, at the end of chapter 1 uh, that these, these people that knew God did not like to retain God in their knowledge. They became backbiters, covenant breakers, truce breakers, uh, haters, and, and disobedient to parents. All these things, these people that knew God stepped off into this place because they no longer wanted to retain God in their knowledge. And the way that happens, my friend, is turning away from the cross. We may still be shouting the praises of God, but if we've placed our faith in any of these schemes and programs today of men, we've, we, we've, we've stopped retaining the knowledge of God. The Bible says in John 17, 3, this is eternal life, that they know the one true God and His Son, Jesus Christ, whom He sent. See, knowledge brought forth life, but the, but the eternal life that, it, that was brought forth was brought forth by the knowledge of God and His Son, Jesus Christ, whom He sent. To do what? To be a sacrifice for our sins, to give us life. Hallelujah. So we need to remember, and what Paul is telling the Roman church here is, don't be judging them. We just read it last week. If you back up a couple verses, whoever it is among you that's judging them, and he means condemning them, for being in that sinful lifestyle, yes, it's sinful. Yes, it's wrong. But our mission is not to condemn. Our mission is to bring forth the, the, the judgment of God, which is truth. And that's what the, the Bible says. It's in verse 2. We'll back up a little bit more. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. Amen. It's the judgment of truth. God's truth, which is Christ and Him crucified, that is against them. Yes, it is God's Word telling them that those things are, are sin. But remember, we're back to all the words God has ever spoken are in righteousness. Therefore, it, Jesus didn't come to condemn. He came to fulfill all righteousness. Remember what He told John the Baptist? 
When John the Baptist said, uh, Jesus said, baptize me, John. John said, oh no, I'm the one who needs you to baptize me. And Jesus said, no, let us do this that we might fulfill all righteousness. Praise God. Jesus came to fulfill all righteousness. He did that at the cross. Hallelujah. He fulfilled the law. He fulfilled all righteousness through his perfect sinless life and his sin-bearing offering. Praise God. And the judgment of Jesus didn't come to condemn. He came to save. The church is not here to condemn. We're here to preach the message that continues to allow Jesus to save them that are in these sinful, abominating lifestyles to God. Listen, we were too. Let's not forget, we were too. We so easily remove, I mean, place ourselves exalted, and we're not above anybody. We're right here. We've been saved. We're not better than anybody, but we're more equipped. We're born again. We're headed in a different direction, but we shouldn't condemn. The Bible teaches when you condemn them, you're guilty of the same thing you're condemning them of. Because if you're guilty of this, you're guilty of the whole of the whole law in God's eyes. If you're guilty. You're guilty. You might say, well, I didn't kill anybody, but have you lied? You're guilty of the whole law. God doesn't rate, uh, well, you lied, but you know, if you're guilty, you're guilty, or you're not guilty, you're not guilty. And I know Christians can listen to me saying all this and say, well, God's already declared us not guilty, and that is true. In our position in heaven, in Christ, our position, we are not guilty. We are innocent. We were without shame, perfect, complete, in Christ. Hallelujah. That's shouting grounds right there, my friends. But you need to hear me and you need to hear me clearly. Our condition is not like our position. And when you got preachers saying opposite of what I just said, they're just right out lying to you. Because if our condition was just like our position, Paul wouldn't have had to stand and rebuke Peter in front of the whole assembly in Antioch. God would have just said, oh, it's okay, he'll get it after a while. No, he wouldn't have, not without help, not without exhortation from each other to keep us pointing each other back to the way of justification. You and I are justified by the blood if we're born again, but you and I in the twinkling of an eye can be moved from the path of the just, which is, my friends, the path of righteousness. There's no other path of God. The path of righteousness is the path of of just for what justified us was the blood is the same thing that declared us righteous in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. That's good news. Not what we did, but what he did. Glory to God. So the Bible says, let's back up and read verse 3 and move into where we're going today. And think thou this, O man, that judge them, talking about condemning them which do such things, and you're doing the same, that you shall escape the judgment of God. Now remember, This is the church he's talking to. If this wasn't a possibility, we don't need this. We don't, and that, this is probably why some preachers and churches are just ripping the book of Romans out of their Bibles. I've heard of it happening. Because they think their, their condition is equal to their position. We're already perfect. Even here on the earth, we're perfect. And, and they misquote, they misinterpret scriptures. All you have to do is hang around somebody for five minutes and you'll recognize none of us are perfect. Amen. Hallelujah. And get this, at all times there is something not right working in us. At all times, even on your best day, there's something in you, whether you even know it or not, that's not right. 
because we're a flawed people. Amen. So watch this. He says in verse 5, but after the, he says, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance. And let's touch on this again this week. It is the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. The goodness of God is the offering of truth. As we brought out last week, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 through 26, when one acknowledges the truth, which is Christ and Him crucified, as saving truth, delivering, sanctifying, provisional truth, God grants repentance. Times of refreshing come. Make no mistake, my friend, just because you cry, just because you cry because you have sin in your life doesn't mean repentance can happen. The Bible teaches that true repentance comes two things. The acknowledgement of the truth and a following of Christ. An acknowledgement of the truth, Christ and Him crucified for your sins, the only true place repentance can even be offered and experienced is through faith in the cross where God offered us an opportunity to repent and be saved, repent and continue to walk with Him daily. Amen. And to continue to walk with Him without a following of Christ, a turning unto Christ and following Him, repentance is, is just a worldly sorrow that continues to lead to death. Amen? So he says here in verse 5, but after your hardness, that means stubbornness and rebellion, but after your hardness and impenitent heart, that means a heart that won't repent. That means you're hearing the Word of God coming in this teaching and you're thinking about those homosexuals and lesbians or your... Uh, Prejudgmental, your racist heart, or, or or just your judgmental, your 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 condemning attitude toward these people in sin. Listen, he's talking to the church. Don't forget, this is to the church. But after you're rebellious and stubborn and calloused over, look look the word hardness up. That's what you'll find: rebellion, stubbornness, calloused. It's 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 a rebellion that just causes us to be calloused and hard and un and impenitent and un a heart that refuses to repent. We're treasuring up unto ourselves wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Not what I thought should have been right. How many of you know on Judgment Day there won't be a, a whole lot of well I thought well you know I well well she got to so I just thought no no that's not going to happen there will be people talking even at the Great White Throne Judgment I believe there's going to be a lot of talking Jesus bear that out in his teaching he said they'll be saying Lord Lord and and he'll tell them that everybody that says Lord Lord's not coming in they'll be saying didn't we prophesy? prophesy in your name, do many wonderful works in your name. Didn't we cast out devils in your name? And he'll say, well, I don't know who you are, but let me tell you who you are. You're workers of iniquity. Think about that. Think about that. They Generation after generation, great-granddaddy, granddaddy, daddy, son, on through all their generations, they thought they were living for God. They thought they were doing things in the name of the Lord. But watch this. It is the revelation of the righteous judgment of God. There are many preachers today who hold God's Word in an unrighteous manner. 
in an unrighteous manner, in an unrighteous context. Instead of God's word, God says all the words of his mouth are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. Can't get around it. Can't get around this either. <clears throat> Romans 1, 16 and 17 says that the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel. You can't find the righteousness of God outside the gospel. That doesn't mean a one-time in through your born-again experience and you found the righteousness of God, although you did, but you are required as a son and a daughter of God to bring forth the fruits of righteousness. Read Romans chapter 6 and you'll see there the process of bringing forth the fruits of righteousness. We must continue to yield our members to serve righteousness, which begin to happen the moment we placed our faith in the cross, read Romans 6, which was that form of doctrine that made us free from sin and made us servants of righteousness when we placed our faith in the cross. When we move our faith from the cross, just like Peter did, because fear gripped his heart and he went back under law, yes, justified we remain but we can remove ourselves from the path of the just. Again, if we couldn't, we wouldn't need to be reading this today. We wouldn't need this. The church in Rome wouldn't have needed to have been told these things. I hope you understand that. You're either following a man today or you're following the Spirit of God through His teaching you the righteous truth of God's Word. Amen. It must always be seen in that context. Never outside of that. And that means we must look through the work of Christ on the cross to be able to understand the Word of God, to walk in the revelation of God's righteous judgment. Hallelujah! That's why Jesus even taught us in John 7, 24. And you hear people saying it all the time, you're not supposed to be judging, are you? Yes. The church, the born-again, blood-bought, spirit-filled people of God are the only people who can judge right. Everybody judges all day. But Jesus said, judge ye righteous judgment. That means according to the word of God through faith in the cross. Remember, God's word is only found, experienced, even received in righteousness. Outside of that context, faith can't come. Faith cannot come. What comes is flesh. What comes is self-righteousness. We use God's Word, as I did for many years as a preacher, in an unrighteous manner. And all that could come was flesh. All that could come was corruption. And there are many preachers who hear teaching like this. They still won't repent. They still, they're the ones, and many of the church today, they're the ones who have hardness of heart. They hear the message of the cross. They hear it. They see it on social media and they're like, what's all these people all of a sudden talking about the cross? Don't, don't they know we're beyond that? Well, I went through the same thing. Fifteen years ago, I went through the same thing. But praise be to God, God kept prodding me, giving me the truth and until one day I repented and said, Lord, forgive me for making your word, using your word for something that it was not meant to. Oh, we'll say things like God's given us His Word so we could find the blessings of the Lord. Oh, so true. But outside of the righteousness of Christ, which comes only through my faith today in the cross, I cannot understand God's Word and I'll hold it in an unrighteous manner. And the Bible says in Romans 1 and 18 that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against those 
who hold his truth in an unrighteous manner. Mm, Something very serious. Watch this now. Notice this. Read verse 5 again. But after your hardness and unrepentant heart treasurest up unto yourself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. Here's a church being told, please, the Holy Spirit is reaching, please don't walk in a place where you're condemning others. For the only ones who can go about condemning are those walking in a place of condemnation. That's what the Bible here just taught. Those who are condemning are living in condemnation. Because if you're condemning something, you're guilty as well. That's what the Bible here teaches. And who's it teaching? The church. So watch this. Who will render to every man according to his deeds. Who? Every man. Who's this letter to? The church. We need to wake up and pay attention. Even us who are saved, who will not stand at the great white throne judgment, but we will stand at the judgment seat of Christ. It is a righteous judgment. It is a judgment based on what we did with the talents we were given. What we did with the righteousness we were clothed with. Praise be to God. I know that many of the church, much of the church is asleep today. We've gone asleep, but God to be praised right now. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. He's waking the church up. The church is waking up. But listen to me. The church is only waking up through the message that awakens. What message was it that awakened us and called us out of the grave of death that we were bound in? The grave of fear where where we were trapped in sin. It was the message of the cross. It was the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. It awakened us and called us out of the grave. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And it is the only message for the church that brings about the righteous judgment of God, the righteous path to walk on, to enable us to to bear forth the fruits of righteousness. Hallelujah. And God's righteous judgment for us to make and us to discern as Jesus taught in John 7, 24, is not just for others. Initially, it's for us to judge our own selves, to make sure we are in the faith. And that's not just some faith. That's faith, the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us. Galatians 2.20, praise God. Watch this. Who will render, verse 6, who will, who will render to every man according to his deeds to them who by patient seek for glory and honor and immortality eternal life. But unto them that are contentious and do not obey the truth, that means keep their faith in the cross. Because you can't obey the written Word of God unless your faith is in the cross and and you're walking in a place of obedience. Now I have to explain that for those who have just begun to tune in and they don't understand really the message of the cross, the gospel for us saved people as it still remains to be the power of God. The preaching of the cross is the power of God to us, for us who are saved. Watch this. The Bible teaches in Romans chapter 6 that 
The Bible calls it obeying that form of doctrine. Verse 17 of of Romans chapter 6. Make a note. Go study it. Ask the Lord to help you. He'll do it. Oh, He wants you to have it so greatly because until you get that, then you'll be in the flesh trying to live a life of obedience. And you can't do it in the flesh. Only by the Spirit. Only as you yield to that form of doctrine that you obeyed. But when we obey that form of doctrine... In Romans 6.17, that form of doctrine from the heart, the Bible says it frees us from sin and makes us servants of righteousness. It doesn't say now you can become. No, it says when we obeyed, and it means when we to us what happened, we obeyed the gospel. We believed the message of the cross. The moment we did, God says, you've obeyed. That made you obedient. When you put your faith in my son and what he did on the cross, fully obeying me, even unto the act of death on the cross, <clears throat> his obedience became your obedience. Hallelujah. That's good news. Your faith, your belief in Christ and what He did, His obedience unto death became your obedience. You became obedient. That's why God calls it that through the Apostle Paul. When you obeyed that form of doctrine, because when you believed it, obedience you became. But but it proves in the Scriptures right there with it what that form of doctrine was, what that message was that saved you from sin, freed you from sin, made you a servant of righteousness, and the fruits of righteousness begin to be bare in your life, hallelujah, if you continue to yield to that, to serve that righteousness, amen, through faith in the cross. That was the message, the gospel. Remember, righteousness is only revealed in the gospel, for initial salvation, for daily sanctification, the bearing of the fruits of the Lord Jesus Christ by His Spirit. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And it can't, none of it can happen without exclusive faith in the cross. That's why when we push the cross aside for the purpose driven, for the government of 12, for all these other things, even though they use Scripture, they twist Scripture and they use Scripture out of its righteous context. Because it becomes now about what we do to find the power of God. I did it for years. I I used to teach something called the covering, if you will, doctrine. That you had to be covered by a pastor and that pastor had to be covered and that pastor had to be covered. And it's nothing more than the worldly pyramid uh, uh, scheme and, and, and mess, what it is, coming into the church. And even though we use scriptures like Elijah and Elisha, Paul and Timothy, and all these scriptural references to try to build something to find the power of God and the movement of God, listen, we use God's Word outside of its righteous context, and that's why it no longer worked. It never worked. It never worked, and that's why the next couple years that came along, we had to find something else. And then the next couple years, we had to go to something else because none of those things work. The Holy Spirit only works in truth. The Bible tells us that in in, in Psalms 33 and 4. Write that down. Don't forget it. The Word of the Lord is right. And all his works are done in truth. Praise be to God. I'm so thankful that I know that today, that truth is Jesus Christ and him crucified. And you might say, well, no, God's word is truth. Yes, but Jesus said his word, is the word of God is, is revealing who he is. He is our Genesis. He is our revelation, the first and the last. He is everything we need. We can do nothing without him. 
Anything we do without Him is nothing, cannot glorify God, and anything God's not doing brings God no glory. Let me say this, and most of you might have never heard this, but God only honors what God does. God only honors what He does. All things are by Christ, for Christ, through Christ, and back to Christ. Without Him, we can do nothing. If it's not giving God glory, it's going to burn up at the judgment seat of Christ. It's nothing but wood, wood, hay, and stubble. But when our faith remains in the cross, all the Holy Spirit is able to do in and through our lives is the precious gold and silver that will not burn up on the judgment at the judgment seat of Christ. We'll enter in to a place where we're there's rewards, there's trophies, there's treasures there to, to be able to present to the Lord because after all, it's what He did through us and not what we did. Remember that. God only honors what God does. That's why it has to be the fruit of the Spirit who is God. The fruits of righteousness, which is the expression of Christ. Hallelujah. That's good news. Everything contrary to what I'm telling you today is nothing but self-righteousness found under the law where we just strive and work hard, and it, but it's not the Lord working through us because it's not in a righteous context. Oh, this is good today. To them who by patient continue, 7, Romans 2, seek for glory and honor and immortality Eternal life is going to be their reward. But watch this in verse 8. But unto them that are content the truth, that means keep their faith in the cross, but obey unrighteousness. That means they're even living and working and doing all they're doing according to the word of God, but they're not obeying the truth because their faith is not in the cross. It's an unrighteous God's letter of the law kills. It slays. Amen? Hallelujah. It doesn't matter you're using God's Word or you're living according to the light of God's Word. That light shines through the righteousness of Christ and what He accomplished for us at Calvary. Outside of that, it can't work. Watch this. Let me finish with verse 8. We're going to have to close. We're about out of time. But unto them that are contentious, that means just debating and arguing and just strife and all that, and do not obey the truth but obey unrighteousness. See, there's two places you can be. Their reward is indignation and wrath. That means the opposition of God. God's not in that. Envy and strife breed confusion. God's not the author of confusion. Hallelujah. Well, that's all the time we've got today. These half-hour sessions go so quick. I could sit here and teach for half a day, and maybe sometime in the near future we might just have to do that. Just sit here and have a, a, a 8 a.m. till lunch thing, and just have a have a teaching all morning. Praise God! It, I just about I, I would just man, oh, I could get so excited about the Word of God. And when you finally find the righteousness, the avenue that God walks in and reveals Himself in and empowers in and brings the provision through the right 
righteousness of God's Word. Hallelujah. True faith can come and we can depart from all that faults that we've, that we've considered really was something. We can be like the Apostle Paul that said, I'm counting all that dung. I'm counting it all lost for the sake now of the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you. We love you. And until next week, tune in, find the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Avail yourself to these teachings and God will reveal himself to you as we seek for him in his word and find him through faith in the sacrifice. And until I see you next time right here, stay determined to know nothing but Christ in him crucified.